There's no such thing as questions, just hidden answers. Stay tuned to PH Murder Stories as we revisit the inconceivable crimes that exist. Some listeners may find the following content of PH Murder Stories highly disturbing due to its graphic nature. PH Murder Stories does not condone nor promote violence in all sorts. Listener's discretion is advised. I never hit him. His dad never hit him. And they just killed him. Inabas nila kung sino bumugbog sa anak ko. He had many hopes and dreams. He wanted to be a lawyer, a senator, and even a justice of the Supreme Court. So I would like to apologize for the uh, for giving a false uh, statement for that for that matter to the to, to the family of Asho and also for the death of of their son. No, uh, I would I would give uh, I would shed light to this uh, to this matter through through my uh, attorney. No? It would appear that the tendency of the fraternity to conceal or to obstruct justice is very evident. While Ateo Castillo was laid to rest, the Department of Justice ordered the release of John Paul Solano, the suspect who first lied by telling the police that he found Castillo's body in a sidewalk in Balut, Tondo, but later on retracted his statement by saying that he only provided medical assistance to the victim and rushed him to the Chinese General Hospital where the victim was declared dead on arrival. According to Acting Prosecutor General George Catalan, the state prosecutors issued a resolution directing the authorities to release Solano from detention. The DOJ did not provide the media a copy of the order. Based on the statements by the highest-ranked prosecutor in the country, quote, his release does not mean that he is already off the hook or the case against him is dismissed, unquote. The following day, he was let go by the Manila Police District. As a result, the DOJ recommended that the criminal charges filed against him be further investigated. On the same day Solano was released, the MPD obtained at least three wooden paddles with several blood and candle droplets at the Aegis Juris Law Resources Center, which was linked in the fraternity initiation rites of Atio Castillo. Superintendent Erwin Margarejo, the spokesperson of the MPD, said forensic evidence had also been recovered, but he declined to give details. The next day, the MPD said the CCTVs inside the fraternity library were tampered with. On October 4, 2017, the DOJ initiated the preliminary investigation on the hazing case. The Castillos, through their lawyer, Lorna Kapunan, said they want to include Law Dean and Aegis Juris member Nilo Divina and other university officials in the criminal charges they will file 
they accused UST officials of violating the Anti-Hazing Act for alleged cover-ups on the incident. The severity of the case reached the innocent mind of the country's chief executive. The victim's family met with President Rodrigo Duterte at the Malacanang Palace. The latter assures them that justice will be served. He ordered DOJ Secretary Vitaliano Aguirre to stop the NBI on its ongoing investigation upon the request of Atio's parents. He gave it instead to the MPD. On the other hand, Dean Divina responded to the pinpointing of Kapunan. He filed a libel complaint against the lady lawyer for a televised interview, where Kapunan said the UST law dean recruited Castillo to Aegis Juris. The Castillo family answered this move through a supplemental complaint with the Justice Department against Divina and UST law faculty secretary. Arthur Kapil. Atio's parents pointed out that Divina had heard of Atio's death a day earlier than they did, but the dean did not bother to reach out to them. Three years after the legal battle between Divina and Kapunan, the latter was found guilty of unjust vexation. Meanwhile, the Senate released Solano's statement in an executive session. He revealed the connection of six fraternity members and one non-fraternity member in the case, with four of them already facing charges from the police. The non-fraternity member is the driver of Ralph Trangia, who brought Castillo to the hospital. Trangia was the one who was caught fleeing to Taipei a day before the lookout bulletin was issued, but later on deported in the United States upon the request of the Philippine government to the Homeland Security Department. Aside from revealing the names behind the incident, Solano also accused Arvin Balag, the head of the fraternity. Balag urged Solano to tell lies about finding the body of Castillo and directing his members to bring an unconscious and bruised victim to Chinese General Hospital. The Chinese General Hospital is a more distant healthcare facility from where they found the body compared to the nearby UST Hospital. Consequently, Balag was cited for contempt. He was detained at a Senate room for refusing to answer the senator's questions. On the same day, MPD director Joel Coronel cited that the chat messages of Aegis Juris fraternity members that attempted to quote, cover up, conceal, to avoid and evade the prosecution of this case, unquote. A week after the Senate hearing, the DOJ announced that hazing suspect and Aegis Juris member Mark Ventura, willingly went to the department to request for his protection, as he revealed details on Atio's killing to the authorities. According to Secretary Aguirre, Ventura said 
Atio lost consciousness upon getting hit by a paddle for the fifth time during the rites. More than 10 frat men were involved in torturing Atio Castillo, said Aguirre, quoting Ventura. The agency then placed Dean Divina and 64 other persons of interest under an immigration lookout bulletin order. The UST law dean was added upon the request of the victim's parents, while the Philippine National Police also asked for some names to be included. Two days later, UST law dean Nilo Divina filed a counter-affidavit at the DOJ, refuting the claims made by Atio's parents. He wants those so-called baseless charges against him to be junked. He also said that the accusations connecting him to the death of Atio are part of a smear campaign. Meanwhile, alleged Aegist Juris head Arvin Balag also submitted his 12-page counter-affidavit calling for the dismissal of charges against him. He said the charges for murder and violation of the anti-hazing law lacked merit and probable cause. The Senate resumed its probe on the hazing death of Atio. The suspect, Mark Ventura, said that one of those who were present at the hazing stopped them from bringing the victim to the hospital. However, he refused to name the person. Senators also accused UST officials of negligence and incompetence saying that the death could have been avoided if clear-cut rules for fraternities and hazing were in place. Atio's parents insisted their claim that Dean Divina is covering up the involvement of his co-members through an 18-page affidavit. The family said Divina's preventive suspension order for all members of the fraternity has made it difficult for police to locate fraternity members. They cited a statement from MPD Chief Superintendent Joel Coronel that preventing members entering UST made it difficult for the MPD to track down members. On November 16, 2017, John Paul Solano challenged the medical legal report on the death of Atio Castillo and called on the DOJ not to accept the findings. The suspect previously claimed through a counter-affidavit that Castillo died due to a pre-existing heart condition and not hazing, with a copy of the victim's death certificate showing the cause of death was hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, an inherited disease where the heart muscle thickens. Pair your next podcast listening party with the Fault Cafe Pub's Drinks and Snacks. Head over to their website, link in the description, and get 5% off for every purchase at the Fault's homepage. After ordering, make sure to use our coupon code in all caps, no spaces, PH Murder Stories. A month later, suspect Arvin Balag was temporarily released from Senate custody based on a Supreme Court order. The High Court ordered, quote, in the interim, the immediate release, unquote, pending its final decision on the suspect's petition to challenge his detainment before the Supreme Court after being cited in contempt by the Senate. Balag said the Senate resolution was not in aid of legislation 
but in aid of persecution. On January 24, 2018, the 46-page report by the Senate Committees on Public Order and Dangerous Drugs and Justice and Human Rights concluded Atio died of hazing. The committees also recommended to the Supreme Court the disbarment of USD Law Dean Divina and at least 18 other lawyers for their failure to report the victim's death despite being aware of the incident. But Divina disputed the move and the senator's call to resign as the head of the college. He said he cannot abandon his students, adding it would be an injustice to them if he resigns. Weeks later, the Supreme Court launched its investigation on lawyers connected to the incident for a possible disbarment case. They announced the move after it was decided to treat the letter from Senator Panfilo Lacson as a complaint against the lawyers linked with the Aegis Juris Fraternity. Two months later, Judge Alfredo Ampuan of the Manila Regional Trial Court Branch 40 issued an arrest warrant against the following individuals for non-bailable offense of violation of Section 4A of Republic Act No. 8049 or Anti-Hazing Act of 1995 to Minwei Chan, Jose Miguel Salamat, John Robin G. Ramos, Marcelino Bagtang Jr., Arvin Balag, Ralph Trangia, Axel Munro Hipe, Oliver Onofre, Joshua Joriel Makabali, and Hans Matthew Rodrigo. On the other hand, John Paul Solano, who is charged separately with obstruction of justice and perjury, was not among those arrested. Five days after the order, Judge Ampuan Jr. inhibited from the case. The judge said, quote, Mere imputations or bias is not enough ground for inhibition. Extrinsic evidence must be presented to establish bias, bad faith, malice, or corrupt purpose, in addition to palpable error, which may be inferred from the decision or order. Unquote. The petitioners claimed that Judge Ampuan was incapable of rendering fair and impartial judgment in their case, as his wife, Marilisa, was the sister of former Volunteers Against Crime and Corruption Chairman Dante Jimenez. Earlier, Dante Jimenez has expressed his support for the Castillo family and even attended some of the case's preliminary hearings. Meanwhile, John Paul Solano was found guilty of obstruction of justice by the Manila Metropolitan Trial Court Branch 14, but was acquitted of perjury or intentionally lying under oath on June 17, 2019. The other 10 Aegis Juris Fraternity members were denied bail in a 56-page order dated December 10, 2019 by the Manila Regional Trial Court Branch 20 through presiding judge Marivik Balisi Umali. She said that she found, quote, evidence of guilt of each of the accused to be strong. Unquote. Until now, the 10 frat men are detained in the Manila City Jail. Meanwhile, 
a lawyer that was initially linked to the cover-up of Atio Castillo's death, won the 2019 elections. Kevin Anarna, an Aegis Juris member who allegedly told his fellow fratmen to clean up the fraternity library, was able to secure the second seat in the provincial board of Cavite, representing its 5th district. Recently, one of the suspects, Min Wei Chan, asked the Manila court to be released temporarily due to the threat posed by COVID-19. He said, quote, We are aware of the fact that Manila City Jail is notorious for being one of the most congested and overpopulated detention facilities in the Philippines, which makes it a perfect nesting place for the immediate and uncontrollable spread of COVID-19. It will be the height of injustice if we stand by and wait for COVID-19 to spread and infect hundreds or even thousands of inmates at MCJ, which, considering their overpopulation, is a very possible consequence. Unquote. However, Atio Castillo's parents strongly opposed Min Wei Chan's move. They said, quote, Many options and safety nets are in place to safeguard the needs of all persons affected. There are facilities available for isolation if the need arises. There is no need to release inmates. Setting them free could result in chaos rather than calm, to more injustice rather than justice, and more harm than good." Min Wei Chan invoked the House Committee on Justice's recommendation to temporarily release prisoners to decongest jails during the crisis. According to the House Committee report, quote, to do nothing in this time of national public health emergency would effectively be sentencing these detainees to death while their cases are pending before the courts, unquote. Min Wei Chan said, he is qualified under the House Committee recommendation as he is a first-time alleged offender with no history of jumping bail. A year after the saddening death of Atio, President Rodrigo Duterte signed into law the Anti-Hazing Act of 2018, or Republic Act Number 11053, completely prohibiting hazing and imposing harsher penalties on organizers and participants of hazing. The law is an amendment of the Anti-Hazing Act of 1995, or Republic Act Number 8049, which prohibited hazing only when there is no prior written notice to school authorities or the organization head. With the new law, organizations that wish to hold initiation rights, even if they don't involve hazing, must apply with school authorities in order to conduct them. A written application must be submitted to the school authorities, at most, seven days before the rights take place. It must contain the place and date of the initiation rights, as well as the names of those to be initiated, and how the initiation rights will go. Schools are ordered to craft guidelines on approving or denying the conduct of initiation rights within 60 days after the law's approval. A year after the passage of the anti-hazing law, another victim died out of maltreatment. Darwin Dormitorio, a 20-year-old plebe of the Philippine Military Academy, was killed inside the campus. 
Dormitorio would have been a member of PMA Class 2023 if he is still alive until today. Despite the enactment of a more stringent anti-hazing law, the culture of violence is still prevalent in the academe. Clearly, change must begin within student organizations, especially those who still believe that inflicting pain and torture during initiation rites as a sign of loyalty to a brotherhood. Such group of men should open their eyes and look at different perspectives that could benefit young students in embracing traits that would contribute to nation building. On our next episode, stay tuned to PH Murder Stories as we go through the journey of a well-known cop that eliminated politicians with ties to illegal drugs. For further updates, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PH Murder Stories and subscribe to our YouTube channel, PH Murder Stories. This podcast is brought to you by Revy Visuals. Did you like this episode? Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or if you're listening in other platforms, kindly send us a review on our Facebook page or send us a tweet. You can also share our podcast to your Instagram and Facebook stories through Spotify. Your support would significantly benefit PH Murder Stories to produce more quality content. We're also inviting you to join our Facebook group, PH Murder Stories The Verdict, and participate in our bi-weekly discourse about true crime, both local and international. This group is a safe space for true crime and mystery fans like us who want to engage in thorough discussions about the subject. See you there, suspects. The Verdict is in your hands. See you there. One of the most gruesome murders towards an overseas Filipino worker happened in 2016 when authorities from Kuwait discovered the body of a missing Filipina placed in a freezer at an abandoned apartment. The gruesome discovery of her remains sent shockwaves across the OFW community. In 2007, a young mother fighting for custody of her two daughters suddenly disappeared. Two years later, she was found cemented inside a drum dumped in the waters of Navota City, Metro Manila. After a valid testimony of a disgruntled witness who later on recanted his story and became missing up to this date. At midnight of July 18, 2002, a 32-year-old British businessman was found murdered at his apartment in Makati City, Metro Manila. For years, the case would go unsolved, while his mother battled to piece together the clues of his death. Want to hear the rest of these sensational true crime stories? Subscribe as a prime suspect at our Patreon page and get one bonus exclusive case every month for only $5. Patreon is a way to join your favorite creators community and pay them for making the stuff you love. You can now pay a few bucks per month or per post 
that the creator makes. For more updates, please visit our website at phmurderstories.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel, PH Murder Stories, and follow our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at PH Murder Stories.